This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. Welcome, friends, to the 100th episode of the Badass Ladies Club podcast. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my name's Laurie. I'm here with Jessica, our good friend Mandy. And we are so grateful to have made it to 100 episodes ah! uh, for everything that the 100 episodes has taught us and for all the growth that it's, you know, like inspired being a part of the Badass Ladies Club. We could not do it without you, okay? Like, if you weren't listening and watching and engaging with us, um, it just means everything. So please rate, review, share, come hang out with us at an event. Let's go on a retreat. We just are so grateful for this community and are really excited about our 100th episode today. Mm, it feels so good, and it feels so right to have Mandy here with totally. us. Thank you, Goddess. Thank you, ladies. Cheers, ladies. Honored oh, to yeah. be here. Hold on. I got to get up get, from my... Get, get. Uh, me. Oh, no. Are you? Cheers. Cheers. Ground it. Um, so today's topic. The divine feminine, which I just thought about this a minute ago. The first time that you were on the Badass Ladies Club, I'm pretty sure the title of that episode was The Rise of the Goddess. Yep. Oh my God, that's right. And so I'm so in love with the fact that the hundredth episode has lined up with us you know, coming to this space where we're ready to celebrate the divine feminine, how that connects to everything that we've learned about Mary Magdalene over the last six months to a year. And then the way that this um, Mary Magdalene feast day retreat that we went to on July 22nd really sort of solidified this journey that we've been on about inspiring women in community and really empowering ourselves to step into our divine right. Um, and Jessica and I've talked several times over the last couple of years about wanting to do an episode talking about the patriarchy. But it always felt so hard to talk about, you know, or like we weren't ready to talk about it or we didn't want to like turn a bunch of people off talking about it. We're too angry about it. Right. Like we don't <laughs> want to be ragey females. Um, but something about being a part of this divine feminine awakening and having these resources that are available to learn about Mary Magdalene uh, has diffused that fear that I had, you know, in talking about it. So welcome, ladies. Um, I want to maybe start with this conversation about Mary Magdalene revealed slash my learning and understanding and our learning and understanding about like who she was and what it, what the divine feminine even means. Cause I don't think I really, I'd heard the term, but I didn't appreciate it the way that I appreciate it now after learning a little bit more about her life and having the lights turned on, you know, like that the truth is coming out. So, um, I don't know, I guess we should just call her out. Like Mary Magdalene was supposed to be the prostitute, you know, in the Bible that um, she was shamed and she was belittled and it she was kind of a 
non-character in the whole conversation. Yeah. So it, so as I've mentioned on the podcast many times, I grew up in Catholic school. I went to Catholic school for eight years and my understanding of Mary Magdalene growing up was she was the whore, the prostitute, and she was lucky that Jesus loved her. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like she should be grateful for being at his right hand. And like, we almost pity Mary Magdalene. Like she wasn't worthy or something. And that was my understanding. And I'm not saying that's what like Catholic education is as a whole. That was just like what I internalized, I think. And so to note, first of all, Laurie and Mandy have finished Mary Magdalene revealed. I'm on page 30 something, but I've already learned a lot. But, um, yeah, that when we decided to go to this Mary Magdalene feast day retreat that we participated in, I, it's so funny because we were just talking about how that rage has kind of dissipated. I felt rage after the fact, Mm -hmm. just because, um, you know, her first six pages of the gospel are torn out. There's four pages missing. And when I think about how deep the patriarchy runs, that whatever she had to say, they don't want us to know that I'm like, oh my God, it goes back that far. And my brain can't even fathom or quantify like how many moons ago that was. You know what I mean? So it is just really interesting. But as we go further in the episode, there were so many amazing, positive, wonderful things that I feel very empowered by her spirit. Yes, totally. And I do feel more divine and I do feel softer and more feminine with her presence consciously in me, just living in me every day. It really bothers me as well that those pages are missing from her gospel. Um, The ancient texts that were found, there's been three of them in separate locations and in every single copy, the pages are missing. But what's what's really interesting is that um, right before the pages are missing, she says that she is going to teach you what has been hidden from you. And so that just that being there is like just a little seed, you know, that gets planted and it allows us to know that there is something that she was going to say and teach. And just for that to be left there, like, why didn't they tear out the fir- that page, you know, because that leaves you wondering and it leaves you thinking that there is something that has been hidden from us. And so that just that one sentence, you know, has been really inspiring to me and has want it has made me want to dig deeper mm-hmm. and to find out more about who this woman really was Same. which after reading this book you know I have a better a better grasp on that and it's definitely different from what my you know southern baptist upbringing Girl, taught me we were it all kind of like, raised in religious households yeah. the mm-hmm. three of us so it is very different I mean like I, there were a couple of times where I would like read passages and my conditioning would make me like Clutch oh, your pearls I even a little bit. Be reading this, you yeah. know, like it felt very blasphemous. Blasphemous. Yeah. Um, it felt very um, like taboo. Mm-hmm. What I was reading and what I was doing, and at the same time, it resonated so deeply. You're like in this my is a body. piece of me that has been missing for one hundred percent. I wept, you know, mm-hmm. like reading some of it. I still get emotional thinking about it. Like it is, and I think that a big piece of it 
because you were talking about the rage, right? That the, the rage that I feel for the feminine has so much more to do with kind of what you were talking about, right? That she was lucky that Jesus would even acknowledge her. When, if you look at the reality of the situation, that translates to the way that we, that I was raised, you know, where you were very submissive to a male counterpart. And that if you go back even, you know, long before my time, women were property and that you your purpose was to look for a man to support you, to bear children by, you know, like to be obedient to, and that all of this conversation could have looked so much differently when you tell the story the way that I'm reading it now, Mm -hmm. which is so respectful of Mary's place as a prophet, as Mm a wise apostle. apostle, yeah. And that she was the first apostle and that she was beloved and that she was on an equal standing and footing and that that uh, compromises the patriarchy's control of religious scripture and how they used that to capitalize and keep people small Mm -hmm. so they could have control, you know? And so that's where the rage, I feel like, it's hard. And the way I feel about rage now is different than I felt about it even months ago. Like, this is a very new thing for me to not feel, I know rage and anger can kind of go hand in hand, but now I look at rage as sacred. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that power comes from rage and that growth comes from rage. And that sometimes without rage, like you accept what you tolerate, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And so reading this has kind of, and in the beginning stages that I'm in has kind of given me this perspective of like, I don't know. Now, every time someone talks to me, I'm like, I have a portal between my legs that has brought life into this world. You can watch your tone when you talk to me Mm -hmm. because I am divine and a goddess. Yes, queen. (laughs) One of the, so let's talk about um, the Mary Magdalene feast day retreat. Cause I think so much of what inspires me about her, we celebrated in that retreat. Um, July 22nd is Mary Magdalene's feast day. So what, it was like six or seven, eight years ago that the Catholic Church it was, was 2016. Finally, there you go, 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the Catholic Church was like, actually, sorry, y'all. We're going to make Mary Magdalene a saint now because she actually was great, you know? And So her feast day is July 22nd, and these wonderful women, Suzanne Zephyr-Blake and Peyton, um, oh my gosh, help me. Quincy? Peyton Quinn. Quinn. We love you. Peyton Quinn, yes. They came together and are inspired and touched by Mary. Um, You know, saints visit all of us all the time, you know, and so many people connect to it and that they both have such rich connections spiritually with Mary that they wanted to celebrate her feast day. And so they held a women's retreat 
And we saw it on the internet and immediately were able to buy tickets and all go together, which is... Which, by the way, guys, never happened on a Friday. It should not (laughs) have happened. When I saw when it was, I was like, I'm going alone because Mandy and Jessica are not going to be able to go on a Friday evening. um, Because you guys were... (laughs) And Mary was like, Mary had a hand in it. Let's move these things around. Uh-huh. Um, so no. the fact that all three of us got to Thank go was God such a gift. for flexible clients for me and Mandy yeah, who yes. love us and that moved Thank that. you guys. <laughs> yes, thank you. But it was a really beautiful experience, A, to go to a retreat that somebody else was facilitating. You know, like, nice. yeah, I super enjoyed that. And that, you know, first of all, when you walked into the space that they created, it was so opulent and beautiful and you know like expertly designed for you to walk in and feel this luxurious feminine um like celebration it was a celebration of feminine wiles you know there were roses and baby's breath and beautiful crystals and delicious foods and furry throws and all kinds of like beautiful, luxurious things everywhere. And you walked in and immediately it just felt divine. Um, and there were rituals that they did right off the bat. So as we walked in, they had ceremonial smudge that we went through. We were anointed with oil and, um, given cacao. Mm-hmm. Given roses, you know, like, and then we were able to sit in circle with other women that were there to celebrate Mary. But the thing that, I mean, beside from all of that, which I'm intoxicated by and love, the thing that hit me so solid was when we introduced ourselves around the circle and the way that uh, Suzanne explained that you introduce yourself, my name is Laurie, daughter of Kimberly, granddaughter of Evalu and Randa. Great, great. And that you go through your lineage, you know, like all the way back as you you know, and you call in your divine feminine line. And when she was saying it, I was like, ooh, that's cool, you know? But then as the women around the circle did it, it was powerful. Mm -hmm. And you were literally like calling in your feminine line and they were all there, you Mm -hmm. know? The room got crowded really fast. I've got chills even talking Mm -hmm. about it. Same. Um, And... Jessica, I want you to share what we talked about yesterday as far as names are concerned and being someone's daughter, because I had never thought of it like that, but it's really profound. And it, now I understand why the calling in of our feminine line was so powerful for me. Yeah. So yesterday, Laurie and I were talking um, in preparation for this episode on our road trip. We had plenty of time in the car mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and Laurie and I, like, when we each got married, we didn't change our names. And I, you never even said why you Because didn't. I'm Laurie Wallace and I worked my whole fucking life to be right. her. And I'm not going to change my name just because <laughs> right, I got married. Right. That's okay, right. so I was on a similar page when I got married and that I am Jessica Weckerlin. And I, but I always viewed it as I'm Bob's daughter. Yeah. I'm his daughter. And that's my name. And... Also, when I got married, I was going through a lot. My grandfather died a month before I got married. It was just like, I was really attached to my family name. But even then, once I think about it, I'm like, but even my family name is a patriarchal name. 
and the name before that is a patriarchal right. name and the name before that and the name before that. And I'm like, when did women ever have their own name? They do now. You know, yeah. like, so. And to call yourself the daughter when of someone. I called yeah. myself the daughter of Dana, the granddaughter of Betty and Mary and went back as far as I knew. I was like, that hit me different. That that hit me in a way that was so powerful that has me holding my head higher. You know what I mean? I love my father and I love my grandfather. And I was also raised in a religion where we did the sign of the cross, the father, son, the Holy Spirit. The mother is like, what? Not even in there. Yeah. You know, like who cares? But um, yeah, it was just, it hit me different. And your you two, your grandmothers and great grandmothers' names are so beautiful. And like I noticed that going around the circle, all these names that they I was like powerful. Oh my God, all these goddesses that like even, you know, more common names. I was just like, yes, <laughs> you know, but you know, there's names like Isis and Elifair and, you yeah. know, that I was just like, oh, my God, Bring all it. this power. Well, just speaking them out loud. Yes. Too. Together. Yes. It, it showed so much respect for the feminine line, mm -hmm. which, you know, when you were talking about surnames and last names, that in traditional naming culture, you know, like you're your father's daughter and you take his name. And then when you marry, you take your husband's name. You know? And then when you have kids, you give them you your give them husband's, your husband's name. name. And so it wasn't even about last names. We were just using first names of our feminine line. But it right. just showed so much respect and honor mm -hmm. for the women that bore us and got us here, you know, and that I've never in any ceremony situation, whether that be religious or something, you know, like conversational, felt so much respect for all the women that it took to get to Laurie. Well, because even last names are shared, yeah. you know, these were their names right. individually. Yeah. So powerful. So powerful. And I've told so many people about it since then and been like, no, 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 you have to say it. And they're like, <laughs> really? And then they do it and they're like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's powerful. Yes. So that was like literally the first thing we did. And I was gone, you know, like it was so, so good. Um, what were some parts that stood out to you guys? What you talked about at the beginning with just as soon as we walked in, I mean, I messaged Susan, Suzanne afterwards and was like, it was just so lush mm. and just so rich, you know, everything. My senses were just overwhelmed in like the best possible way. It smelled so good. Oh, that is you know, the lighting was just, just soft, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. And the air was just different, you know, um, just walking into that sacred space was so incredible. And then sitting in circle with women. And I think I said this um, at the retreat, but, you know, women used to do that regularly. Yes. And it's really something that I'm so, so happy to see that is coming back around because there is so much power in it. Every one of us left that night different. Yes. Mm -hmm. Changed, like more elevated, more in tune with who we really and truly are and more loving, I feel like. And that is so sacred. Before we went, you told me, you were like, I feel like we've been waiting for this since we read The Red Tent like 20 years ago, yes. you know? 
which if you haven't read The Red Tent, like all women should read this book. (laughs) I will say it takes a minute to get through the first part. It's hard, but it's worth it to stick Mm -hmm. with it. Worth it. Um, But that women used to have a space monthly that they spent their moon cycles together sharing women's wisdom, uh, passing on information from, and it wasn't just family. It was like the whole tribe of women. So it was, uh, but it was also aunts and grandmothers. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just about like, you learn these things from your mother. And in today's world, I feel like if you're going to pass on divine feminine information, that that comes from your mother, maybe your grandmother, maybe your aunt. Um, But in the red tent, it was really a community of women, which to me, I think, you know, I'm not a bio mom, but that that takes so much pressure off of a mom to have a collective of women that you trust to help raise and guide your mm-hmm. daughters, you know? Mm-hmm. And that there's not until that I've seen anyway, over the last 10 years, there's been a lot more of it, but this collective divine feminine wisdom that we make an effort to pass down. Even for things as simple, not simple, but like as common as we all bleed, mm-hmm. right? And that I, growing up, like, hated the idea, obviously, of like having to have a period every month. And why do girls have to do this? And it felt so dirty, shameful, not necessary. Why am I cursed? You know, like it was just, and that now I look at that very differently and that that's a cultural shift. And back in the times of the red tent, Mm -hmm. women were revered and celebrated. celebrated. And when you went through your blood every month in this community with all these other women, they were there to like remind you how holy and divine you were mm-hmm. and why this was such a gift, you know, even if you didn't have children, you know, it was still a gift. And um, that that power around what it means to have a womb and to bleed and to have that divine portal in your body um, is something that I appreciate on such a huge level now, mm-hmm. but only because I've taken the time to learn about it at this level, you know? Well, and it lends to this idea that part of the divine feminine is that we're all, we all have this maternal wisdom, mm-hmm. whether you're a biological mother or not, right. that in so many ways you are a mother to my child and to Mandy's children. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that we all have this maternal instinct in us, even if you choose not to have kids. And I think that's beautiful. Important. Yeah. And important. Mm-hmm. Super yes. important. Um, well, and I love that the whole, um, you know, mother, mother energy is, is just that like, it's, it's this feeling, it's this energetic flow. It's a womb space, you know, some women, trans women or, you know, people who've had hysterectomies or whatever, you still have this energetic space. Mm -hmm. And that's something to be revered as well. You know, even if it's not physically there on an energetic level, it's powerful. It's just a body. Yeah. Yeah, Like that. I love that you brought this up because I've connected so much to my sacral since, you know, like I've been connecting to it for a year or so now. But since we've done this, what, three weeks, four weeks ago, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that using your womb space is such a tool for women, you know, like I and I had never really thought of it as, oh, I have this 
portal type space that I can create things through and that on a very physical level, sure, you can create life there, you know, and that's one of the things that you use it for. But creatively, you move lots of things right. through you your sacral art. Space. You can create yes. business. You can create ideas. And yes. nurturing things in your womb and feeding them and growing them there is something all women do. And But we don't even know tangibly that we're doing it until we learn these practices and these principles. And um, yeah, just working on this whole conversation of womb healing, mm-hmm. which we did a fair amount of in this retreat. And it was like one of my highlights. So same. Um, let's talk about womb healing. Yeah. So, I mean, do we want to get right into what we did? Yeah. Or well, do we want to like go in chronological order of what we did? Because we did the feet washing first, which I think is like such a beautiful signal. Mm-hmm. We did, uh, Monica Kreider did a beautiful foot washing ceremony in our Costa Rica Rica retreat. That was inspired, you know. amazing. Yeah, I had not ever had that done like that. I mean, you go to get a pedicure and they wash your feet. But this was so intentional. Right. And it was just so beautiful. And it really did take me um, to that time where, you know, Mary was washing Jesus's feet with her hair and just having it be such a sacred thing to do for one another. Um, It was profound. Well, and that it's all about giving and receiving, which we did more exercises about that, um, which was really difficult for me. And actually, the three of us have not talked about this together, but the consensual touch exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, So we got into groups of four. We made pallets and there was always one person in the middle. And for five minutes, that person in the middle got to say exactly how they wanted to be touched. And, you know, it's like, it was so funny. And Laurie and I have talked about this. It's like the things we did were sensual. They were sexy, but they weren't sexual. Mm -hmm. And this whole journey was about awakening your senses and really just being okay with receiving and giving as well. But thank God I was so happy that I was in Mandy's group for that. (laughs) I felt safe. Because I'm not a touchy-feely person. So from the get, I was like, I'm going to ask not to be touched. And I'm just going to sit there for five minutes. That that was my intention going in. But I was the third person to go in our group. And so after watching the first two, Mandy being the first, I was like, okay, so this isn't weird. Mandy was straight up like, one of you on this hand, <laughs> one of you on this hand, the other on my feet for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Just go. You know? Don't talk, just touch. Thank you. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, this feels emotionally safe for me. Because when they were describing it, I was like, I'm out. I'm not going to do this. Um, and so, Laurie, you weren't in our group. What was that like for you? I did not think it was going to be very hard for me. But then when I got in the situation, it was a lot... Uh, like, I am a super touchy-feely person. And I'm like, yeah, touch me all over, whatever. But that it was the part about me having to say exactly how I wanted you to touch me and where I wanted you to touch me, that that felt really hard for me for some reason. And I was like, interesting. It also kind of took me on this journey because, like you said, it was, we, we were massaging each other's hands. Like, I had a person on my feet, a person on my hands, and one on my head. So, again, it was sensual not sexual, but it did kind of put me in a process for the next few weeks where I was like, okay, so if we're talking about touch, 
and we are talking about sexual touch, right? It made me start to wonder how many things I like because it's just what happened. And I was like, oh, well, he likes it. So I like it. You know, like when you're young and you are in like intimate situations and you're learning how to do sex and all of that stuff, you know, that I, I've never been like, Uno like that, you know, like do it like that. I found things that I liked and I was obviously like liking it. And so we went there, you know, but I was like, gosh, now I don't even know if what I like is because I truly like it or if I was just trying to get validation from the person I was having sex with. Right. And so then I decided I liked it. And in reality, now I'm 44 years old and I'm like, fuck, like what do I like? I don't know <laughs> right? what I like. And I'm, you know, like I obviously have all the consent, you know, like with the hubs, but it really made me think about what if you were to teach 15 year old Laurie consensual touch in this kind of method, right? Where you're like, do you like it when I rub your hand this way? Or do you like it when I rub your hand that way? Or no, I want you to lighten your touch or no, I want more pressure, you know, like that something as simple as a hand massage teaches you that it's okay to say, no, not like that. Mm -hmm. I want you to do it like this. And that it could have changed a lot of sexual trauma I have from my early teens and 20s and stuff that I didn't know how to say that. And I did just take whatever touch came to me and knew inside, no, I'm not into that, but would never speak it out my mouth. Oh, yeah. Having the courage to use your voice like that is so, so powerful. And I really feel like that stems back to ancient times when women were told to be quiet. Yes. Lay there and take it. Back to Mary Magdalene, too. When she did see Jesus resurrected and she went to tell the disciples about it, they didn't believe her. Yeah. Peter said, surely he wouldn't have told you something and not told us yeah. a woman. Why I mean, would you tell said, a woman? A woman. Yeah, like, like, are you kidding me? It is so programmed and deeply rooted in us and in our culture that we are to stay silent. And so I feel like that goes in with that, you know, to have the courage, especially when it comes to sensual or sexual touch, which has also been so repressed yeah. mm-hmm. for women. Um, we have sacred sexuality. And it has been stuffed down for so long. And so that exercise was super powerful, just like you were saying for me, to say what I wanted, you know, and to have someone listen and respect that. Right. And one of the rules was like, when you're the person that's massaging, you don't embellish what they asked for at all. Like that you give them the touch. That's specifically what they asked for. No more, no Mm -hmm. less. This isn't about what you think they're going to like. This is about what they're requesting. Right. And And it's up to that person to say, you know, do it this way. More pressure, less pressure, Mm -hmm. you know. Which is so funny because since we're all service providers to a certain extent, like we massage people pretty regularly. Yeah. And so I do think I know what people like as far as, you know, how it feels to rub your hand or to rub your feet or something. And so I did have to really like, pay attention mm-hmm. to specifically what they were asking for and not go into my routine like I do when I'm working on people, you know, because um, you as a giver of touch, you do act unconsciously a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the consensual touch thing was a really fascinating activity. Mm-hmm. There was also the strawberry. I was just about to say. <laughs> Let's talk about the strawberry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Y'all. 
you're going to think we're crazy, <laughs> but okay. So I was with Laurie. I lucked out so you much. really did. I really did. I lucked did. out. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was harder with someone with you, didn't you didn't know. know. I'm so sure. But the person you were with was, well, and I didn't get to know her very well, very open. I loved her and I still <laughs> love her. Her name was Mary. Mary was I great. don't remember her last name. Mary washed she my feet. She was a goddess. Mm, yeah. And for me, that was such a lesson in, you know, having something be sensual, but not sexual. So yes. let's explain what we're talking okay. about. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So what we Mandy did, go. okay, <laughs> we all got a partner and then we all got a strawberry. And the exercise was for the receiver, we'll say, um, close their eyes and the giver fed them the strawberry. But before they actually would take a bite, you had to kind of rub it on their lips and you had to guide them saying, you know, okay, part your lips. And then, you know, the receiver would part their lips. And then, you know, you kind of put it in their mouth a little bit and have them open up their mouth and, like, you know, tease their mouth. Yes, right. it was yeah. very, Lick like, strawberry. insanely sensual. Yes. It, I, I mean, I kind of felt like it was sexual, too. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but it was really... I felt really uneasy, you know, and like, like, it was super intimate. intimate, And I thought, am I cheating on my husband right now? Like, (laughs) we don't have to make out after this, do we? Because like, I mean, we could. I'm kind of into you Just kidding. Just kidding. Andrew, love you. I would never. But I did feed her a strawberry and it was super sensual. (laughs) For real. So, but it was just really an incredible exercise because it it wasn't sexual. It was sensual. And that was me making it sexual because I have been brought up to think that every single thing a woman does with her mouth or with her, you know, body is sexual Mm -hmm. and it's sexualized, you know? And so it was really good for me to have that experience with someone I didn't know who I also thought was absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah, it just, it was, it was a pivotal moment for me in that it doesn't have to be sexual. And we yes, can, you can celebrate sensuality with we can somebody celebrate sensuality without having sex with them. Without having sex right. with them. Well, and just like the simple lesson of, and I told Laurie this because we were partners on this exercise is that I fucking love strawberries. I buy them almost every week, but I just get them home from the store. I wash them. I cut them up. I throw them in the fridge. So I never take a moment to smell a strawberry or to feel the texture or to, you know what I mean? I'm on autopilot all the time. Mm -hmm. And so take out the sensuality part and that it actually could be very sexy to do with a partner in an intimate way that even just for yourself, taking a moment to appreciate the beauty and what it took for that strawberry to get here and that it's nourishing our bodies and, you know, and it's not just strawberries. It could be anything, mm-hmm. but, um, no, that, no, that I just, I never take the time for myself to do that. Everything's really, on autopilot. It really brought me in the moment. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about anything else. You no. know, it was just like, wow, this does it's smell amazing. to think of anything else when yeah. you're doing that with yeah. someone. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best strawberry I've ever had. It was so good. You know, like, freaking joke. Yes. that I was like, all of a sudden I was like, I think I like strawberries more. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the other possible. thing that I thought was so interesting that I'm trying to adopt, I'm still a little uncomfortable with it, but I'm working on it, is Peyton. 
when she would bite a strawberry or eat anything or drink the tea or anything that she put in her mouth, she'd be like, Mm. <laughs> oh my god oh and it was like <laughs> orgasmic uh-huh. sounds coming out of her and it wasn't just sounds she was like, mm. like <laughs> i was like damn check her out and so like i want it, that strawberry yes mm-hmm. but it's a choice they're the same strawberries it's the yeah. same <laughs> what she does is she fully feels and celebrates and emotes what it is that she's experiencing. And it's like you were saying, like, otherwise you would just like eat a strawberry and move on with your life. But she's having a fully orgasmic, whole body celebration of the sensation. It's an experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of what she a gives gift herself it is to eat a strawberry. You well, know? that was inspiring to me too, oh, to I loved do it. that in front of other people. Yes. Like, talk you about know, vulnerability. I take a bite and I'm like, mm, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like in my mind, I'm like, oh my God. God, it's so good. It's the yeah. best, you know, but I don't feel comfortable yeah. expressing and that. That is because of the judgment of the divine feminine. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so inspired by her willingness to do that. And she was in a safe space in a mm-hmm. circle of women that were all coming to celebrate this. But I venture a guess and say that she's probably like that everywhere she goes, you right, know? Right. Like, and that, that takes so f- much. Like food court in the right, mall. Right. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that takes so much strength and courage. And aside from all of that, talk about fully living a life well-lived. Like, you should celebrate beautiful, delicious, wonderful experiences in your whole body like that. Mm -hmm. And so that was something else from that activity that I really took away was just how willing Peyton and Suzanne were to, like, fully vocally and in touching their body and, like, feeling all of it was so inspiring. Well, and... Mm -hmm. To go a little bit off topic, but we'll get back on. It was just like you and I were talking about yesterday on our road trip that something as simple as paying your bills, Mm. like rather than paying your bills, like light a candle, put on some music, jam, and pay your bills and make it an experience. Open a bottle of champagne. Have a chocolate. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to start paying my bills. Like it's a fucking concert in my Mm -hmm. house. So, and it just, I feel like they're on the same path, you know? It changes the vibration of how you feel about paying bills, which is good for your money mindset and your abundance, as opposed to being like, ugh, I have to pay this bill, or like not doing it and putting it off is like the wrong vibe. Right. But creating an experience and a celebration around it. And so like an experience around food. Yeah. It's just like celebrating your body that you're nourishing with this food. And I was... It was fucking weird, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, yeah, Amanda Francis in Rich as Fuck. Mm-hmm. That changed my whole like visualization of how you do things like pay bills mm-hmm. and things that you would normally be like, ugh, I don't want to do this, you know? That shifting that, just the way that you look at it, you know, by lighting a candle or putting on some music, just making it something that you enjoy, being grateful that you have electricity. And so you're paying well, the bill. Well, and being like, look at me making this money yes. and using it to support myself and create a safe, happy, comfortable home. Like, wait, that that is, uh, will change how money comes to you mm-hmm. because you love and respect the process of spending it mm-hmm. on things that you choose to spend it on. Where sometimes I feel like spending money, we're like, I have to pay the bill. You don't have to pay the bill. 
Right. You don't have, you to, don't do have to have air conditioning. <laughs> right. You get to you get do to. that. You know, <laughs> it's just a different vibe. So yeah, yeah. eating the strawberries. Okay. Totally so that. then, I feel like after all that, it's the yoni steam. Mm. Did we do anything else before we that? Ate. We, we ate. Off that we ate all buffet the lush of, buffet. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, god. the food was so good, and yeah, everything honestly. was so nourishing. And we got to just commune with our ladies. We were just talking and hanging out. And even uh, that was just really fun. Well, and we started the whole thing with the cacao. Mm-hmm. So the cacao ceremony, and then there was also a flower tea yes. that Suzanne that made. flower tea yes. was, so was so good. good. So Suzanne uh, does flower tea facilitator trainings, you know, and teaches so much about how to use different flowers, dry them, and then either use them in teas or use them as steams, the way that we're going to talk about coming up. But something about, like, I've had cacao, you know, like in other you know, ceremonies. And this cacao was a lot thicker than mm-hmm. any cacao I'd ever had before. Uh-huh. But way more potent for me as far as it being a heart opener. Like, mm-hmm. I felt it in my body. But the flower tea, like, I like tea. I drink tea daily sometimes. But it was the best hot mm-hmm. tea I've ever had, you know, like. So there was some magic in the curating of Big the kinds time. of teas mm-hmm. and the things that we, like even the food, mm-hmm. like what we were ingesting, it wasn't like they just went it was infused, and bought some random stuff. Like infused they put, with intention. Yeah, so oh, much yes. intention into the experience of the food and the drink. It was really beautiful. Even just the little dish that we had the cacao in. Oh, the yeah. little like cups, the little yes. like, yeah. clay oh, cup. God, they were I just... Oh yeah, it was such I an want to take this home. And they had like beautiful little because I know it belongs to them. rose petals, you know, <laughs> yes. like sprinkled yes. on top oh of it. Gosh. It was really lovely. I was eating those. <laughs> I was eating. Like, them are you supposed to eat these? I don't know. I'm eating. <laughs> I don't know what I am. <laughs> okay, so then, um, yeah. So womb clearing, womb cleansing, yoni steams. We knew that this was happening on the instructions, um, as far as or like the what you need to bring with you for the retreat. Mm-hmm. You needed a pot, you know, which I knew was going to be for this yoni steam, of which I've never done before, you know, or I think I'd done it once at home or tried to. Um, But the dimensions of the pot you had to bring, like the only pot I had was my spaghetti pot. We were texting. I (laughs) I made tortellini in it the night before. (laughs) We were like, is it weird? Is it weird to bring your (laughs) kitchen spaghetti pot to steam your yoni? So that's what we did. (laughs) Yes, we did. Um, And I got to say, I was glad I had my big sturdy pot once we uh, put it all together to sit on. Yes. So so what some people don't know what a yoni steam is. Or why you would do a womb cleansing. Right. Who wants to go? I'll go. Okay. So a yoni steam is essentially like a vaginal steam but the purpose is and it can be different every time it's usually dried herbs and flowers you put them in the bottom of the pot and we made ourselves a cushion with a towel and a scarf so we were comfortable but y'all like our whole body weight was sitting on our spaghetti pots doing this okay (laughs) my legs were sore yeah yeah it was a big squat for sure like Yeah. yeah um which if you have your own setup at home, you could do like a camper toilet or... I mean, you can make those out of all kinds right, of things. Right, like make yourself a throne. A that throne, sounds yeah. That's better. But um, so anyway, the whole point is, is that you can use these different herbs and flowers for different energies and different things. You put them in the bottom of the pot, you pour boiling hot water in it, and... You, we were all wearing long, you know, skirts. skirts and dresses. 
you take your panties off, you sit on top of it, and that steam enters you and clears out your womb space. And I had seen this done on TV. And so I knew a little bit of what to expect. But I think that it's so important to make this a practice. First of all, just don't do it while you're bleeding. It's not really recommended. I think that people do, but I don't think it's necessarily recommended. Test that water. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay if it's too hot. Let's yes. cool down. Yes. There were plenty don't of times yourself. where I don't got be up off of yourself. it. Like, yeah. Don't burn yourself. Yeah. You have to be very careful. Um, but the reason why I feel like this is so important for any woman to do is, I mean, to put it bluntly, we receive a lot in there. Um, but think of all the energy down the line that you're receiving. Um, that that's a lot of energy that we're taking in. And so to clear out your womb space, is, I think it's such a beautiful practice. I mean, yes. The first time I heard about womb clearing, it was in relation to yoni steaming, but it was also just like a general practice of, yeah, that you receive lots of men, fluids, you birth babies through there, you move, like there's a lot of energetic, forget about the physical parts of it, right. you know, like there's a lot of energy moving through your womb. And it doesn't matter if that energy is like from sex or not or, or positive or negative, you know, right. like that. Sure. Some of it could be from trauma and, you know, either medical trauma, physical, sexual trauma, these mm -hmm. kinds of things. But it also could just be like. Be too graphic, but like how many people I've had sex with over my lifetime that were just like, I didn't really know them. I didn't know their. History. energetic space I didn't know there you know and that I've carried that with me mm -hmm. my whole life and this practice of cleansing your womb to the point earlier because it's this magical portal mm -hmm. of power that you create from you kind of claim it back and you move out these energies that don't have a place there anymore and that yoni steam like I didn't, I knew I would be, I knew I would do it. I knew I would like it. I did not expect to I like it as much as I did. It. You know, yeah. like I was immediately like, this is a regular practice for me now. You know, like I was super It was powerful. very ceremonial. Oh God, it was beautiful. And it was very healing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you said, there's so much, there's so much trauma that so many women hold in that space. Um, even if it's, you know, sexual abuse or if it's birth trauma. Right. Yeah. Um, it's held there. And so just the act of doing the yoni steam in that ceremonial way was so cleansing. Yeah. Like whether the steam was actually cleansing or not, like it was an it energetic thing. Yes. Like yeah. it was such a, a conscious act. It smelled like heaven. It smelled so good. It was yes. the best combination of like, because like I said, Suzanne, like, built this whole steam, you know, like, but at the flowers, like when you looked at the dried flowers in the bowl, they were so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they smelled good when she dropped them into the pot, but when they came and poured the water on them oh. and you could like totally, it was just intoxicating. Mm -hmm. There was also like, I also, we had like blankets, you know, that you could wrap around your right. waist too if see, your skirt wasn't. Yeah. So it I wasn't. I see a single vagina. No, no. for sure. <laughs> but I was um, surprised at how beautiful 
everyone was in the circle because it was like I had been looking at them for hours already, you know, like in the circle. But there was something about all of us yes. doing that at the same time that when I would look around the circle, breathtaking, it, it wasn't mm. just the ladies I had been hanging out with for a few. Like it was divine mm -hmm. goddesses like all around me. I just felt um, it was such a special sacred space. Mm -hmm. And what was so special about it for me, first of all, and. I guess to say they also said that we could, they put oil out and that we could massage ourselves mm -hmm. if we wanted to. And I thought, I don't see the need for that. And then I saw other people doing it and y'all sometimes it gets hot when you're mm -hmm. doing this. And so sure, like tops came down, breasts were exposed, sure. but it was like, no big deal. It was that sensual yes. versus sexual again. Right. You know? And when I looked around that circle and I saw women of all shapes, sizes, colors, and ages, yeah. mm -hmm. that there were older women. And then, like, that young girl that was there, mm -hmm. I washed her feet. Um, Lotus. Lotus, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that communally, and we were all doing this together, it wasn't weird. Mm -hmm. Nope. It, like, we were all, like, our auras were glowing. It was magnetic, yeah. Yes. You know, and, like, we had women who were still breastfeeding their children, mm -hmm. and we had women who probably have grandchildren, and we have women who, you know what I mean? It was just... It was beautiful. A collective, mm -hmm. beautiful sight to be seen. It was the sacred gorgeous. feminine. Yeah. Rising that up. space. Yeah. Mary Magdalene was there, mm -hmm. for sure. Um... The music. The music. Oh, my gosh. I've been obsessed ever since. I, I immediately had Peyton send me the <laughs> playlists. <laughs> I've been listening to them on repeat. I've been painting to the playlist. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's it was really, the music was beautiful. And, again, the lighting. The, you know, like, so many things about the environment supported that really powerful experience. And then from the Yoni steam, we just kind of like collapsed off of our pots and onto the floor. <laughs> and um, then there was this beautiful sound bath um, mm -hmm. that was also really powerful and um, just a really great way to follow up the steam. I mm -hmm. feel like um, I love sound bath and vibrational healing and all of that under any circumstance. But backing it up to that was a really, really nice touch. And Peyton... Uh, some kind of magic was coming out of mm -hmm. her mouth while she was doing that. Um, she was channeling, she was channeling some super energy. powerful energies, words and sounds, and you know, like that felt so familiar mm -hmm. to me and so supportive. You know, like the whole sound bath ritual was really a great place. And like breath work, um, you know, like they would come around the room and facilitate with touch in certain things. So I had my eyes closed, but there were definitely like feathers, you know, mm. that danced along my skin through some of it. And then a lot of really good like third eye activation. Um, yeah, I was about to say, I felt a lot of pressure in my third yeah. eye because I think Suzanne came around. and Yeah. So yeah. it was, they were a great team, mm -hmm. you know, they as were. far as holding that space and creating that experience. Um, so yeah, it's a lot. It was amazing. It was a lot. I was beat. Yeah. I'm still beat. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm still in process yeah, after that. Yeah. Um, in a good way. Yeah. So obviously we've been in conversations with uh, Suzanne and Peyton since then. 
because I want them on the podcast like a hundred percent at different times. Um, and then I'm excited to work with both of them in, you know, when the timing is right and lines up for the different kinds of things that they're offering because they do so much good work in coaching. And then, you know, like Suzanne does cacao and the flower tea, uh, tea facilitator trainings, but she also coaches women to support them, you know, like through what they're going through. And then Peyton's got so many cool offerings with the pussy portal and, um, is just a brilliant artist mm-hmm. and graphic and visual artist in her own right that, um, it's almost entertaining to me how we haven't crossed paths with them mm-hmm. before now, you know, like it was just the right time. Yes. Um, yeah. And that we are covered in red roses right now. The red rose was one of Mary Magdalene's sigils, you know, and uh, I brought a couple of roses home with me from the retreat and it was actually amazing they lasted for like two weeks, you know, like mm-hmm. it was just two. I still have a dried one on my I have the dried end table. One. But yeah, like that they just had such life to them. And every time I looked at it was so inspired, you know, like by the shape. And I love roses, but I don't know how often I bought red roses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but now I'm kind of obsessed with mm-hmm. red roses. Even the color red. I don't dislike it, but I definitely didn't wear it. And when they were like, wear red dresses or floral dresses, I was like, I don't have a red dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to buy a red dress, you know, like to wear. But now the color red is speaking to me in mm-hmm. like such intense and powerful ways. Um, and so, yeah, I've just been really, really inspired by the whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did we mention it's our 100th episode? Did I mean, we even say that? At the very beginning, I did say that, yes. But it is... This whole time. We cheers. Been, we, oh, that's right. Yeah. We did. Oh, my God. <laughs> We've been in a different place. Um, my brain, y'all. Um, I am so impressed and so excited for you guys because that is amazing. 100 episodes. Mandy, we couldn't have done it without no, you. You've been such a freaking support and, you know... You may not be on the podcast every week, but your energy is felt all the time. Always. Well, thanks, y'all. You guys are amazing. I'm so honored to be part of this in even a small way. So it, but it was always about more than just us. Anyway, you know, right. like it's um, it's a community mm-hmm. that we're building. It's a club. I, it's a club. Mm-hmm. I told somebody the other day, I was like, it feels like 100 episodes and it feels like 500 episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, like... um. <laughs> And putting out an episode once a week, they stack up pretty fast, you know? Um, Y'all have been so consistent and just so committed. And it shows. And now you've got 100 episodes. A lot of podcasts never make it to 100 episodes, you know? Some of my favorites. Yeah. Spirit Speakers, I think, is on 46 or something. Yeah, and they release, like, very randomly, you know? Like, it's not a consistent thing. So I don't think I understood what that meant when we started a podcast to have a weekly episode. It's a lot. Episode. while we're on the conversation, like I super want to thank Paul and Nexum yes, Creative Media. Like thank we've you, been with the same producer and studio the whole time. And I guarantee you this, we would not have made it to episode 100 if there wasn't, um, yeah, Paul and his crew supporting us. That's um, so good. For sure. So what else about the divine feminine? Are we leaving anything out? Um, is there anything else that we want to speak to? Like how's this going to change us moving forward? Well, I just think that whether you follow an organized religion or not, that reading a book like Mary Magdalene Revealed, like, is such a powerful experience. Just historically, you know, you don't even have to be attached 
to the teachings of Jesus. Um, but, you know, just another thing that was in the book that we didn't even touch that blew my mind was Thecla. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Why did I never learn about Thecla in the eight years that I was in the Catholic? girl that mm-hmm. baptized herself? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just because so it was many removed. Because it was a threat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nuggets of information that gives me this sense of, you know, that I am a divine goddess. And one thing that we didn't talk about, about the anointing in the very beginning, when you Mm -hmm. said that Peyton anointed anointed us, sorry, this conversation and, um, and it's one of our favorites, I know, because the three of us talked about it, was this quote. I am the first and the last. I am she who is honored and she who is scorned. I am the whore and the holy woman. I am the wife and the virgin. I am the bride and the bridegroom. I am she, the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that to me says that I'm this divine goddess and I'm also a messy human. But when Peyton anointed us, um, when we entered the room, she talked about that a little bit, that this was a sign of Jesus's divine soul and his human body. Mm -hmm. And that even Jesus, you know, for as perfect as he was, had like messy human tendencies. He, you know, flipped tables and hung out with, you know, like. Well, in the Bible, it says that that's what made him so holy was that he was completely divine and completely human. There's that duality that meets in the middle and it's just that pure love. Mm -hmm. And I loved that about this book is that it really dives deep into that. Like if you were raised religious and you always felt like there was something missing, it's because there is, there's a whole gospel of Thomas and a gospel of Philip and the gospel of Mary Magdalene herself that have been removed from the Bible. And there's a guy, I can't remember his name right now, but he's, um, you know, written now this new, new Testament is what it's called. And it includes these gospels. So if you've never heard of these before and you're intrigued, look them up, pick them yeah. up, read them. They're available. They're just not super popular, not popular, but they're just not really not talked about yeah. yet. Um, this is, it's circling back around. And there's so much wisdom in this book. You were talking about the rage earlier at the beginning of the episode. Um, and Mary goes through these seven, what she calls powers, which were translated in the Bible as the seven demons that Jesus, you know, supposedly relieved her from. But really, it's seven human lessons that we have to go through in order to be sort of re, reunited with our soul. And the last one is rage. Mm -hmm. That's the last one and possibly the hardest one that we have to go through as humans. And it's not even like in our life, we get to that point. We're like, okay, now we're enlightened. You know, like it is this messy journey of going through these different soul lessons or whatever. And that's the whole point of it. Yeah. It's what you came for. It's what you came for. And, and it gets easier to deal with these, you know, these seven sins or whatever. Like there's all these different translations, right? There's powers, there's sins, there's demons. It's all basically these same seven things. You know, it's the ego, it's rage, 
Um, it's gluttony. It's, you know, all these mm-hmm. things that you've heard of when you were learning about the teachings of Christ. Um, but what was left out was how to come back to love and how to come back to your soul. And that the way that you do that is by going within. We're constantly taught to search outside of ourselves to find the answers or to find how we can ascend. But it's, and that's what I think, what I believe that Jesus said when he said that he lived in every one of us, like God is us. It's inside you, in your heart space, where you will find the wisdom that you're seeking. And it was always there. Mm -hmm. It's there right now. And it's too threatening to teach people that when you're trying to control people through religion. 100%. Um, That's why it was left out. Elizabeth Gilbert has this passage in Eat, Pray, Love. When she went to India and studied in the ashram, what she took away at the end of that part of the novel was um, God lives in me as me. Mm -hmm. And that that kind of summed up her whole spiritual incarnation. Um, And at the time that was kind of like, taboo for her to you know like speak it like that but that is why there are missing parts of mary's gospel is because there is no control when you teach people that you carry a divine source to the infinite and to god inside of you you know nobody can take that away from you and that you don't need someone to translate it for you right you don't have to go outside of yourself to receive the teachings of christ it's already there you Mm -hmm. know and that I have kind of a unique outlook, I guess, because my maternal grandmother did preach, you know, like, and later in her years after my um, grandfather who, you know, went to seminary and was a pastor for years, had a brain aneurysm and he couldn't preach anymore. She kind of just stepped into that role. And it was fascinating because in their congregation, like, they obviously loved her, you know, like they knew her, they trusted her and it just worked. And they even went to other churches after that. And she continued to do this work. Um, and so it's so fascinating because like on a technical level, she wasn't educated, qualified to do that in the United Methodist church, but she did it anyway. Mm -hmm. And I never looked at it when I was a kid, the way I look at it now, where I'm like, okay, Thecla, like, wow, okay, yeah. you know, like, Bold. Randa Norman, like, getting out there and stepping into the divine feminine. And there's so many things that she taught me that, again, as an adult, I see it now, like, on this really, really powerful level. Um, and I'm sure she got some shit, you know, like, for stepping in and speaking the word of God when she didn't go to a seminary. And she, even though she had been a pastor's wife and in the church for many decades by that time, um, that women speaking on spiritual and religious concepts has never really been celebrated. And that is part of what, for me, is so powerful about learning about the divine feminine, recognizing it in myself, knowing that uh, things like podcasts and books are kind of like the modern day communication of how we're sharing a new kind of gospel, you know, and that spirituality gets to shift and move and that that's happening on a larger level with the celebration of the divine feminine. So I'm excited to talk about it and to share it with people and to celebrate Megan Watterson and, you know, like all of the women who have taken the risks to go ahead and speak the truth that they know because it's in them 
but they also know because we're finding these texts that exist out there. So right. yeah. yeah. Happy hundredth episode. Happy hundredth episode. <laughs> Happy hundredth y'all. Yeah. Um, if this spoke to you or triggered you or made you clutch your pearls, <laughs> uh, please know that like, I felt all of those things too when I first started to be exposed to this. And I would just invite you to read about it, to learn about it. Um, you can definitely DM us on any of the socials because I would love to we have a talk conversation about, this about all it. day. Yes. Yeah, all day long. <laughs> um, and yeah, women share with other women, celebrate other women, get involved and sit in circle with women. We so desperately need one another and the world needs us. And um, yeah, I'm all about the divine feminine uprising. Like, Amen. 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 And so it is. And so it is. You guys have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank you guys. Bye.